let's see. Here we go. Hello, Star Children. Welcome back to the 88. I'm Danny Minaki Dan. That's Morgan B. What's up, babe? What's up? And back with us again for a little aftershock action. We got Gabriel Slick Dissident. What's up, brother? Hail, hail, tribe. Hail, hail. We're so so happy to have you, bro. Yeah, man. So this is gonna be fun. When I study uh when I study constellations and I I get a little stuck or I, I know that there's something else going on and I just need a little nudge, I I I hit up Gabe and Gabe goes, Okay, you, you you're on a path here. Uh and then mm-hmm. here's some more stuff. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I was talking about I love that the other day and uh so I was like, yeah, come on the show, help us out. Uh we we could it's fun anyways, and uh it's a good time always. So uh Gabe's gonna be here with us today. Uh and uh just blowing our minds some more. So uh with that said, uh today we are doing Canis Venetici. Venetici? Am I saying that right? Uh and- well, there's different. There's different pronunciations. Of course. Okay. Uh, and <laughs> also Canis Major and Canis Minor. So I decided to do kind of all the dogs at once, which is pretty fascinating that all the dogs are kind of together like that. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited about this. Uh, so why don't you start it off, Ben? Okay, so um, I <clears throat> am doing Canis Venetici, um, aka the hunting dogs. And I'm going to start off with just a little saying by um, Owen Meredith's Clytemenstra. Clytemenstra. Um, he said, Bootis hath unleashed his fiery hound. So Canis Venetici is the are the two hunting dogs. Um, so they have uh Alpha, the first brightest star is actually Asteron and it marks the shoulder of Canis Venetici. So these are the dogs of the charioteer that we had um talked about in the previous episode with Gabe. Um, so they drive his charioteer. They're the two dogs that um will hunt the bear around the pole, technically. So uh the first one, uh the most northern one is Asterion or Asteron. Um it marks the body, and uh the other two of the brightest stars are uh chara which is now called the hounds because we have the alpha which is cora cora um it's a flushed white and pale lilac in color uh it also includes uh some non-globular clusters actually a lot when you're talking about this constellation um so we talk about ngcs a lot on here And I wanted to like get into actually what it because we will just like 
Passover. Oh, NGC one, blah, 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 blah. When really it's kind of important to, to understand what we are talking about. <clears throat> so um, an NGC is a non-globular cluster. So it's got tens of thousands of stable but tightly bound clusters of stars associated with all types of galaxies. And they're typically much larger than open clusters and uh, more gravitationally bound. Uh, so they're higher con concentration of stars towards the center of this cluster. Um, so they're very tightly bound. Um, <clears throat> also in Canis Venetici, we have um, the second brightest star is Chara. So I wanted to talk about Chara a little bit because um, that is like the initial name of the constellation, but then it kind of took a wayside when it took a beta side, you know. Uh, that is the southern hound, but it is the brightest member. So that is the brightest star of the two hounds. Um, and a little bit of history behind this. Um, what I find fascinating about uh, Corcorale is that they named this after, it was named in honor of Charles II. Um, yes. So this was done at the suggestion of the court physician, Sir Charles Scarborough, who said that he that it had shown with special brilliancy on the eve of the king's return to London on the 29th of May of 1660. Um, it has occasionally been seen on maps as the center of the heart-shaped figure surmounted by a crown. So I'm going to repeat this one more time. <laughs> It is also seen on maps as the center of a heart-shaped figure surmounted by a crown, and its name occurs in popular lists. But Flamsteed did not add this to his, um, he didn't insert it into his plate of the hounds, but what he did was he distinctly wrote about it in manuscripts, so he kind of snuck that information in, whatever that means, you know, um, esoterically or what have you, because that's what they did is, a lot. Uh, is that a is that a cladah? I don't. Have like. you seen like a? There's a Celtic ring, and it's like two hands, uh, and they're holding a heart in the middle of it, and there's a crown on top of the heart. And it's called uh, Cladah, C-L-A-D-D-A-G-H. Wow. You know, this is really fascinating we're talking about this. I think so, too. <laughs> it's something else. So it, that I'm looking at the constellation, and it's on the back of one of the dogs. Yeah. This, this heart with the crown. Mm-hmm. And I might be I might be jumping the gun, but uh, but I have but I can't I don't want to miss it either. Uh, I don't want to I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but I don't want to miss mm -hmm. this detail. That um, yeah, get it uh, out, brother. Okay, I'm gonna get it out. So when I 
I did a celestial read of Milton's Paradise Lost. You did not. Yes. And, <laughs> and when, uh, <laughs> when, uh, which was released in 1666. So about 50 years later. That's it, right? 1660. That's a Clodagh ring. Yeah. That's a Clodagh, the okay. symbol. Yeah. It looks oh, like God, it says I, like I've got a I don't know how to say this. It's F with a A with a apostrophe A I N N E Fane. Fane and then Yeah. is C H L A D A I G H Cladae. So that's just like the the how you would spell it in Irish. So uh Fane Cladae. Uh, which is a, says it's a traditional Irish ring, in which a heart represents love. The crown stands for loyalty, and two clasped hands symbolize friendship. I don't want to like uh, sidetrack from what Gabe was trying to, yeah, to leave in here, uh, but I did want to mention that that reminds me of the Mabinagion when they come back and they put their hands on the iron thing, and then they're stuck there. Hmm. Oh, anyway, nice. Well, um, so uh, I'm tracking the story of Milton's Paradise Lost, and I found some things I didn't expect to find. So it's written around 1666 uh, or 1667 is when it comes out. Uh, you know, we can assume it was written in the years preceding that, but. Um, <laughs> it was stolen it, right right and it it um it hit the public right after um uh the london fires struck and so the london fires and they initiated the birth certification which is uh you know basically they you know they this is the origin of them claiming that people were lost at sea because the the records were burnt in the in the London fires, and so they st had to make a basically just claim the souls of everybody uh, in mass. And this is like it's a big it's a big turning point, the 1666. But uh, in Milton's Paradise Lost, he describes hell uh, very uh, with a lot of accuracy, with a lot of details, and this is the birth of pandemonium the word yep. yeah the word pandemonium comes from uh the city of all demons and uh basically the devil gets all the fallen angels to build a city and he and he commands them to all get along and uh all the devil all the demons in hell they actually have order they have like dukes they have you know people who are philosophers they have uh uh, Olympic games, and they have uh, like forms of entertainment. They have like all mm. this structure that's like just weird details for Milton to. Uh, it's almost like he's telling people without saying it overtly is, you are the fallen angels, mm. and the civilization here on Earth is the place where the fallen ones set up the the social constructs that we all adhere to. That's kind of what he's doing without saying it outright. But 
and then uh and then the so the devil has a he has a a meeting he has many meetings uh because like i said they're strangely organized uh mm. for being in hell and he says okay how are we going to overthrow god and he gives them all a chance to make their case one by one and he, each one of them one of them is like no let's not let's just not let's just hang out here and that guy he's the slothful one you know and it's his, his personality is reflected in the speech he gives. And then like, uh, there's another one who's the wrathful one. And he's like, let's lay fucking waste to everything. Uh, and I actually, I don't have the names with me, but, uh, it's just interesting because you actually get to see through the speeches that they all give to make their case on how to get revenge. You see their personalities embodied in their speech. Yes. And what kind of threw me is how similar that is to Plato's Symposium, how each, oh how each character in the Symposium reveals their nature through the speech that they give. So, uh, long story short, Satan says, "Okay, I'm." So they decide we're not going to wage direct war with God. We're not going to lay here and do nothing. We're going to find somebody that God loves the most, oh, and we're and we're going to go fuck with them. And that's gonna, and that's our in, in indirect attack. We're gonna go uh, wage war on humanity, and then through our uh, our punishment of humanity, that will be our revenge on God. So Satan, he knew, he kind of knew this was gonna be the outcome, and he uh, and he's like, so who wants to go and fuck with the humans? And all of them are like sitting back. He's like, I guess I got to do this, but he knew it, do all it all. Yeah, he knew it all along. And he kind of uses it as leverage on them psychologically. He's like, see, y'all going to make me do the dirty work. But he knew he was going to. So then he goes on an adventure and they really, they describe his journey from hell to find the Garden of Eden. And it's crazy cosmological. It's all cosmological. I haven't, it's, I I can honestly say I haven't done uh, Paradise Lost like an in-depth read at it so i'm very thankful that you have i can hear your story um but all that shit is cosmological anything i have gone into is cosmological or like a um a, a representation of a bigger story that we have all been told that has been characterized and written and then has actors involved yes. you know what i mean so yes. A lot, like like the in, archetypes uh, are the actors, uh, yeah. Yes, so like in Plato's Republic of the Cave, or the allegory, just in Plato's Republic, Aristotle is actually the main character, but Aristotle is written by Plato. You know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. like you have these prolific authors, but then you have the actors that are, you know, catching the wave too. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You can tell they didn't have TV back then because (laughs) because they were, they were bringing, they were bringing the heavens into the stories on profound ways that that we still see today. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And we still study it. Yeah. And we still reap the benefits and do the repercussions that come with you know, what our ancestors have done, which we don't know, even know what that is. So <clears throat> right, right. it's wonderful to have te- text to read and to cite and to live in a time 
where we have that opportunity. Right. And we don't have to worry about anybody giving a shit for being, you know, uh, looking at these stories with a critical eye. We can really lean into it. Yeah. We're very blessed. So blessed and to understand it and to, to have like a bigger scope on it and not to literally take things just so literal when you're reading. Yeah. It's great. I'm I'm just, yes. Yeah. So, so, uh, so long story short, um, (laughs) and I, I feel like I'm, I, I feel like we're being, I'm, I might be jumping the gun a little, but I just got to say this, that when Satan, um, when he penetrates uh, out of the realm of hell, he uh, he comes to a gateway. And the gateway mm. that he goes through is adamantine, is mm. made of adamantine. And so it took me a minute to figure out what they're saying. And if you look on the Mohs scale and also the luster scale, I'm looking at all these uh, these metals and these alloys and these rare earth minerals. And I'm finding that adamantine is synonymous with diamond-like. It's basically saying diamond-like. He goes through a diamond-like gate. And it all comes together at once. It was a huge epiphany for me because uh, right there in Canis Vincentis, or Vincenti, whatever we're calling it, Vincentici, Vincenti. Yeah, right. Um, there is is a huge, uh, asterism. It's not a constellation. It's one of those asterisms, right? Man-made. You got it. And it's the great diamond. In this great diamond, it attaches to, uh, Canis Venetici, Arcturus, Spica, and... Mm -hmm. And the nose of Leo the lion, which uh, I forget the name of that one, but it's four. It's got the four corners of this diamond, are oh, right God. there between those four constellations. And I'm realizing that this, they're telling us that this is the great, the gateway that the, the devil came into the world. Yes, is right, right here in Virgo, basically. This in the Virgin. By the great virgin is where the devil yes. came into the world, right? Yes. Um, the Garden and, of Eden uh, and Eve. And so I'm right. And it's and this is where it's got a it's strangely a mirror. It's 180 degrees, like balancing or reflecting on uh the Pegasus Square. Mm. So imagine if you put a diamond upright, it's a square. Rhomboid. It's nose, it becomes the diamond. And so you put the two of them together and they become an eight-pointed star when you overlap them. Oh my God. And, And so when you take the Zodiac and you twist it in the figure eight of the Analima, the Pegasus. The Pegasus Square and the diamond of the Great Diamond, they overlap each other and they become the uh, square fused in with the diamond on top. It becomes an eight-pointed star. I am just blown away right now. Blown away right now. So that's Me Lucy, too. <laughs> that's Lucy in the sky with diamonds. 
diamond. Okay, so if you're familiar with of the Corpus Hermeticum, any of the Hermetic text, it, then you would be a very good esoteric person and know that um, diamonds, demons, um, come from and live. Uh, <sighs> I know this sounds very odd, but like, so uh, we've been like really into, oh, we're in Genesis 6 now. So I've been looking into like the Enochian text and like not for any reason other than for information. Um, and uh, what I have found out is the whole entire system of the Manichaeism, the, the way that um, like Enoch was taken up the way these certain people were just taken up and they just were like taken, you know, um, there is a theory that the house and the lunar stations and the lunar mansions on the moon are the crystal palace. Have you occupied by Diamones? So that that's why I'm just like, what? And you just brought up the Analema. So that's the pattern of the moon. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just like, and then the celestial spheres, once they cross the fixed stars and the planet for that measurement, right? Yeah. Because that's what they're doing. That's what happens is like, um, our earth is being watched, measured. And then once that time comes where the fixed star system hits the planetary system, that noise will be let out because we have been silenced. Uh, that's also in Genesis that like we were quieted. And then once these spheres cross, the noise will come out. If it's noetic, if it's a noose, if it's, you know, no, if it's just bullshit, you know, whatever it's going to be, it's being measured. And then it'll be calculated at the time that those spheres cross one another, which is just crazy to me to to think that this technology that we're using to scry with each other is that freaking old. <laughs> Big time. I mean, I know uh, I kind of rambled on it. I don't want to kind of like really go down the wrong end of Sesame Street and like say some <laughs> things that I know is true, but like I just can't explain it very well. So I won't do that. But um, anything like has to do with daimon or mon yeah. or daimones, they're demons, but they're not necessarily the demonized demons that you think so when you're going through the chiasmos according to the ancient greeks you go through the wash the first time and then the second time you actually get to choose your outcome and you get assigned two demons to you and um you get to pick at least like your outcome so therefore god is blameless that is how they have hacked the system of god is that they have they literally are fishers of men in the stars. Like they just occult different star systems. It's very odd. And I hope that this makes some sort of sense. And I will 
help make sense of it because I'm currently processing it, but it is a lot of information and it's all right there in ancient text or biblical text. I got you. I got you. Uh, Anyway. Yeah. That, that works out too with like uh, a lot of things. Yeah. The daemons, the daemon were like the godmen, but they were like the godmen, the outcasted godmen who worshiped the moon instead of the sun. Which were the tribe of Dan, which is the watchers in a a very big way. Yeah. But uh it's onward. (laughs) Let's get let's get back to uh uh, Venetishi. Okay. So Canis Venetishi, Venetishi, whatever, um yeah um it's in the booty so so it's vinatush in the booty it ain't in the tush it it it, the arrow though is fascinating to me from sagittarius i'm just not going to get ahead of myself on this okay so um So Proctor, in his attempt to simplify the constellation nomenclature, called them Catuli, the puppy, the puppies, but they're also known as two greyhounds. How interesting is that? Like a bus, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> held by a leash in the hand of Bootis, ready for the pursuit of the bear around the pole. And uh, their inventor is by by doing this, their inventor is thus reviving the idea that Bootis actually was a hunter. So they're getting Bootis ready to hunt. Right. Right. When they change your story, that's that's just how that works, right? So uh Hevelius, uh Johann Hevelius, the Polish astronomer, is the one who um cal- who who added this um yeah and he counted 23 stars here um and the chinese designated three stars in or near the head of asteron as son kong three honorary guardians of the heir apparent Asimani alluded to a quadrate figure on the Borgian globe below the tail of the greater bear as Al-Karb Al-Ibal. Al-Karbal, Al-Karb Al-Ibl, the bull. The camel's burden is what that translates to. And it can be no other than stars in the head of the hunting dogs. Bardicus drew on his map of this part of the sky, the River Jordan, in his Jordanus and Jordanus. Uh, it's now not recognized and indeed hardly remembered. Um, its course was from Corcorali under the bears and above Leo, Cancer, and Gemini through the stars from which Havelius uh, afterwards formed Leo. So that's an interesting little fact. Leo Minor, actually. And the links uh, ending at Camelopadarlis. Mm-hmm. I was going to mention that. Camelopadarlis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But the outlines of his stream were left somewhat undetermined, much, much like those of Central African waters, 
When guessed at by map makers 30 or more years ago, this book was written in 1800, so good God. Um, this river, however, had already existed before his day on French star maps and globes. I think that's freaking cool. So he fossilized it. So what you, if you want to hide something, you fossilize it, meaning you, you create zero meaning around it. You don't speak about it and then you bring it back up. Right. Yeah. Yeah, And it's, a very common uh, tactic in old writings, especially when you are talking about religious writing, you hide stuff in plain sight by making the words mean nothing. Wow, that's profound. That um, mm-hmm. it's kind of it makes me think of virginity. Um, virginity is, uh, I think, a word for it in Greek is like Parthenia. Like a, a virgin birth is parthogenesis, is to a woman who has a baby, that, but no, but just has a baby by herself is called parthogenesis. But virginity is also synonymous with holding your tongue, with like keeping a secret. Oh, and, God. and yeah, and it, uh, but it has in magic, it has this thing of like anticipation. Building mm-hmm. the anticipation, like you know, you know it's going to come to the surface eventually. Or play, kind of. Yes, it's all about the it, about the journey and not the destination, kind of mm-hmm. thing. So yeah, parthen, uh, parthogenesis, virginity, and like you were saying, like uh, taking away the meaning, uh, mm-hmm. so that when it comes, when it hits, it has all that much more the context. Oh, it's like. Mm-hmm. And it just dawns Magnified. on you. Yeah, yeah. And you feel like uh, you're having intercourse. You're having yeah. spiritual intercourse in the psychic realm where you're like, it all makes sense. And then who can I tell? Fuck, I can't leave this cave because they're going to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah, that's so funny. And the Greeks have this figured out. But... Um, um, so where else? I'm sorry, I got lost. Okay, so um the uh um sorry, uh so then we went to so it with Ulug Beg it was called Al Kab Al Asad, which means the liver of the lion. Uh, here's a technical term indicating the highest position of any star within the compass of a figure reckoned from the equator. Um, in China, it was called Shangshin, which means a seat. So it's a, an available seat, not Tycho sh- sheet or Tycho seat. It's just a seat. So when I think of that, I think of like thrones, you know, like heavenly thrones or like these, this is where I'm thinking people are things, entities, whatever you want to call them, are uh, aboding or in these available seats, right? <clears throat> I could be completely wrong and crazy. But uh, anyway, uh, this is a favorite object with 
amateur observers uh, because uh, the interesting thing about this is on the line from Corcorali to Arcturus and somewhat near the latter in a triangle of small stars is a beautiful globular cluster, which we went over what that was earlier, concentrated into a central blaze. So it is so tightly packed that it looks like it's on fire. Um, um, this is. Can I interrupt you for a minute? Of course. Uh, you said the Jordanus, uh, which sounds like the yes. Eurodanus, uh, which also makes me think of the Jordan River. And then you had also mm -hmm. mentioned uh, the lion's what butt? liver <laughs> a lion's liver okay this is a this is a map of uh of like israel where the 12 tribes of israel uh kind of laid shop and in in the bible it says that dan moved to uh Laish, which means the lion and right here at the top is mount hermon Mount Hermon and Dan is right there at the base of Mount Hermon. And then from there, uh, you <laughs> go right down the Jordan River and into the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea. Mm -hmm. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. <Yeah>. So. <laughs> so, so, what you're saying, I'm just going like, what you're saying actually sounds like. The biblical like layout or account of where these tribes got laid out at almost seems to be corresponding to the cosmos. You know what I'm saying? It does. It 100% does. 100%. And another thing about Mount Hermon, which is also biblical, but we're, I'm kind of fresh on that right now. Is that you were talking about they made a pact in hell to overthrow God, basically. Um, well, what had happened um, in the Bible is when, um, let me, and I don't want to be saying this completely wrong. So uh, the way that they did this was they made a pact. Uh, three of them made a pact. It, uh let me get the names out. Uh so it was it was Michael, Azazel, and uh Enoch, I wanna say. I've got so many pages of like notes. Hold on, let me get this. <laughs> um because we're doing something. But uh, what, remember what, when we were talking in our Bible group and they made the pact, the blood pact, mm -hmm. Michael, Melchizedek, and Enoch. Yes. That's what happened. They, them three on Mount Hermon made a pact. Those Whoa. are the ones who betrayed and uh, decided to make their own heavenly seat. And right, and Enoch it talks about Azazel 
and like the the other uh chieftains and like the chieftains decided that they were gonna do that and uh azazel actually just was like ah i have no choice because you guys outrule me uh but i'm the one that's gonna go down for this because uh basically i'm gonna be the scapegoat that everybody's gonna hate for for you guys going down yep all throughout the Bible, too, uh, when um, the uh, the Levites uh, do their feast and tent setups and stuff, they always do a burnt offering for Yahweh, do a second one for Azazel. Um, and that's why, because they offer and they throw it into the woods for Azazel as the scapegoat. Well, long before this fall even happens and after it. So it's just the way that the fact that you just brought up that out of um, Paradise Lost is crazy because that (laughs) actually happened in other texts. Right. You know, I'll I'll just kind of throw this. Yeah. While we're talking about. Mount Hermon and the, you know, some people call it the sacred conspiracy. It's my favorite topic. <laughs> oh, that's so interesting. Well, okay. So the in the in the UK, they did BBC hosted a reading of the Paradise Lost. And it is a very long, it's incredibly long. I actually I did not finish it. I got to uh the devil coming to Eden. Uh and there was, so, I don't think I was even halfway done by the time mm-hmm. you got to eat. Um, oh, I guess I need to get it then. Yeah, it's really long and involved. But but the guy that they had, I, I it was so wild. It was such a wild experience. You know how sometimes the story, <laughs> it's hard to bring people along for the story, but sometimes it helps if you, if you, if you can convey the chronology of it. Yeah. So... I was listening to the devil's reasoning, to his manipulation, and to how he had a plan all along. He just needed the other demons to think that they thought of it on their own. Uh Right? Mm -hmm. He had had the plan already. He is so cunning. He just needed everybody under him to believe it was their idea. He needed them to go through the process, and he's just guiding them along the lines. And, uh, and there are certain quotes that I believe are alive and well today and still being circulated that that are from pandemonium. These quotes, these lines, yeah. these, these maneuvers, these strategies. This book is a political stra- strategist's uh, oh. uh, instructional manual. And, uh, yeah, with esoteric me hitting the right. stuff in it, but also yes. blatantly in your face, a yes. how to construct people. Right. Yeah, so I'm listening to it and I'm like, this sounds like now, now bear with me. I'm saying this is what Palpatine did in Star Wars. <laughs> These manipulations of the devil are what Palpatine did in Star Wars. And then, so I start like taking notes and getting, you know, like, I think, I think Palpatine actually said something like this, the same kind of logic to like get, you know, manipulate the system. So, so they play right into his plan. 
And then I'm like, wait a second. The voice actor who's reading the script is the actor. Shut your face. Who played fucking Palpatine in Star Wars. And then... And then I go on and I start looking at artistic renditions of uh, of this speech that's given on uh, on the top of Pandemonium. It's a large dome, and the devil is he's enthroned on the top of this dome, this rounded out dome. And I have graphics uh, I could I could share with you guys later. But you take a picture of the devil on this dome, and he has these sconced circles above him. They they look like um like chandeliers, like circles of fire, chandeliers of fire. And there's like, you know, a bunch of them in a row. And then I go and I look up Emperor Palpatine addressing the Senate. And he's on the top of a dome. And all of the other people on in the distance, they are in these ring-shaped seats. And the art, Mm. the art that depicts... The devil in pandemonium is like a cut and paste image of Emperor Palpatine when he's giving his speech to the to the Senate in Star Wars. And it's they're even using the same voice actor to embody the words of the devil in Milton's Paradise Lost. And he's the same actor that did Star Wars who plays Palpatine. I cannot believe that. I cannot that that is cunning. You want to talk about some cunning shit. That yeah. is cunning. And now, now, Jim icing on the fight. Is that his name? I think so. I'm, put, I'm not sure. That doesn't sound like it. Okay. But, well, well, here's the icing on the cake. In the most recent census of the UK, of the British Islands, there are more registered Jedis then there are Jews. <laughs> they have more Jedis <sighs> registered on the books than they have Jews in the British islands. How would one go about becoming a registered Jedi? We got to talk to our boy Loco Listens. Our boy Jake, he's a Jake. He's a Jedi. He's a registered Jedi. <laughs> All right, we're gonna have to ask him. <laughs> that is the- that it is wild. Live, <laughs> live rebel he- or Tim Curry? No, no. Neither of those. Emperor Palpatine. At- actor let me see if i can get it okay i do want to just add this though so um when the ark was built because i believe all these arc the representations are like arcs of sun or like a, a time or like you know traveling a way to travel you know uh stellarly um so like when Noah um, built the ark and traveled and landed, it was north of Mount Hermon, I think. I am pretty sure it was north of Mount Hermon. And um, 
Mount Ararat was on the other. I because that's where he landed was not Ararat, right? Okay, so um, when he landed, it says specifically in the Bible. <clears throat> so he let the bird fly, right? And so once you know that there's land, and God knew there was land or whatever, he shut the door behind Noah. So there's no getting out, basically. So the these people are like, okay, well, we gotta think of something. Like, and then it goes back to the plan that was made from the very beginning. Like there was a a, a plan already set in motion, I believe. Um Dan, I'm getting Ian McDermott. Okay. I don't know. I A N M C D I A R M I D, which sounds a lot like Diamond. Diamond. <laughs> Shine yeah, bright ahead. like a diamond. Yeah, yeah. But go ahead. Uh, so they clo- they close the door behind them. That's just the last thing it says. Okay. And then Yahweh. God closed the door behind Noah. He was the last one with all of the knowledge of the Zoroasters and the Mithraic cults and all of this magic cult. Like he was the last one with the knowledge, built the ark, did what they, whatever. I don't even know. It got to Mount Ararat, landed there, and um, Yahweh shut the door behind him. So. Uh, there is some, there's something really huge going on around okay so everybody talks about the quadrivium they're like oh we got to teach the kids the quadrivium and then meanwhile they turn a blind eye to the fact that astrology is the fourth and most important i'm discovering firsthand is astrology is the fourth and most important aspect of the quadrivium yes everybody's like yeah uh, music, math, geometry. We got to teach the kids music, math, and geometry. And astronomy, maybe uh, they're forgetting. They're forgetting. They it's, well, it, it's because they don't want us forgetting. to know astrology. Astrology, astrology is the devil's work, right? No, it is know. when it's used. Okay, so I'm just saying, is, as, as far as like religious type things, you know, doing anything astrological or zodiac. Is considered uh, like devil work, and you know that. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why because the reason prophecy. why they do well prophecy, but because um, back in the day when you still had these Zoroastrians walking around, these wanderers, these people who were getting kicked out of everywhere. Um, <clears throat> They what they would do is they would cast horoscopes for a place to stay. They would cast horoscopes for money and know that it, they were doing it completely wrong and know that they were lying and know that they were using their knowledge to to gain to gain control over the person that they're casting for. So that is why I believe it is wrong. Um, because it was used wrong back in the day. So then now it's just still demonized. Um, but you can't have astronomy without astrology. 
I mean, because astrology is the logos, it's the spirit, it's the the actual thing. And then astronomy it is like the shapes and the way it looks. You know, you have to have astrology to acquire astronomy. And that's yeah. I think it's nuts that it's so demonized, but it can easily be demonized because it's forever changing. So I, I see both sides to it. I've heard that uh, back in the day there was not a difference. Uh, I think it to the I don't know what what culture, but it uh, to some people there is astronomy and astrology are the same the same art form. They actually uh, are. The uh, the the three fates are called the horai, right? Uh, they gaze into the crystal ball that seemingly in uh, some places uh looks like a celestial type of globe so the horoscope the horoscope is uh oh wow the A way for them to gaze yeah to, uh that's how they are manufacturing uh everything that happens in the worlds and in the, the cosmos is because that's why they're outside of the realm of the gods because of gods are usually the planets, right? Which we're the center of, and then the planets and the zodiac, and then outside of that is all the constellations. And the Hori are out there manipulating everything within. Oh, that is so good, Dan. That's so good. And here's another thing. The last thing you want to be is the center. Don't be a sinner. You don't want to be in the center. You don't want to be mm -mm. centered. <laughs> no, mm -mm. you don't. Right. And don't make any noise. Well, there's right. a. Don't be the center of attention. I think it's. Hold I, your I'm tongue. Not, I'm not sure how to spell a sine wave, like a sine wave, but I think it's spelled like sin. S. Oh, a sin wave? Yeah, uh, it is. It's S I N E. Like the math? It's I N E. Yeah. Okay. It's mathematical, so like a sine wave is, you know, the the ebbs and flows of of the natural vibration. Yeah, it's when a parable turns into parabola. Nice, <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> the parabola. Uh, so that the exactly part of, <laughs> the part about the horai in the horoscope, Dan. I love that. Um, you know, when um, Perseus was in pursuit of Medusa, he had to face the three, first the three hags, and H-A-G, that's harmony, arithmetic, geometry. Mm. He had to face the three hags, and they were fighting over uh, an eyeball. They had to share one eyeball, and they had one tooth that they all oh, had God. to share. Oh. And, and it's kind it's kind of silly and it's kind of it's like oh. very com, com, uh, comical but um but it's also there's something about like communism going on there that they have such a lack of resources <laughs> that they have to fight they have to fight over who gets to use the same tooth and but the the eyeball i love that you point out the horoscope. scope yeah you know, the horoscope oh 
And it's it the me... there's three Marys too that visit Jesus after he dies on the cross. The maiden, the mother, and then uh, his aunt, which could be like the crone. Yeah, the crone. Hakate, the moon. Yeah, yeah. Daimones. So yes. So after after he uh, has to manipulate them, uh, the three the three crones or the three uh, hags, and then he can go on to the three nymphs, and they're mm. oh so lovey dovey. They're oh so lovey dovey. They give them gifties <laughs> and treat them nice. They put clothes on them. All the kids, right? Yeah, which kind of implies that they took his clothes off first. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, back on the the. The three hags and the the horoscope. Um, wouldn't it be fascinating? Because I'm finding that Eastern astrology is missing pieces. Or I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Western astrology is missing pieces that Eastern astrology fulfills. Well, yeah, that's the whole. That's the gag. Yes. So it's like you think that you got one system down and then you go and you find out that the other system had all these missing pieces that fit in so well. Uh, and it just makes me think like, what would the, if we got East and West. You can't. Would, would there be a South? Is there a Southern hemisphere? No, it's called Schwepp. Schwepp? What's that? It's just when it get the South sweeps from East to West, it Schweppes. That means because the South is the wind. Right, <clears throat> it's uh more feminine, and so um when you combine, which you, it's a crater. So we're in a mixing bowl. You, are you familiar with those terms when I'm speaking of like even astro astrological or even like cosmological or even when you're talking about uh Platonist views? Uh, we're in a mixing bowl. When you combine East and West, that is when you go through an exogesis, exogesis, or however you want to call that word. And that is when you, that is when you're going to have all of this prolific writing, all of this Holocaust, all of this crazy crusade shit going on because you physically, mentally, our brains cannot have East and west together because they mean words mean the exact opposite the, the way opposite. you say it means they mm -hmm. everything you mm -hmm. could never people are willing to kill each other over skin color could you imagine beliefs or uh you're you're indoctrinated to hate americans for whatever reason you're never that would it can't happen I wish it could, but that is that that's when the we the wind will the southern winds will sweep. So if you do east and west, you will not have a south. You'll have your mixing bowl of east and west and then exogesis it out. That's interesting because the hags they do they were not getting along. They couldn't, you know, they you only can. had Right. And that was kind of the math. It's like they had an eyeball and a tooth, which means there's always one of them doesn't have something. A sense. Mm -hmm. So like one of them can't see. And then it's always is like, have you guys noticed? Uh, it's always about this, your teeth. 
breaking your teeth on the ground or have you heard of that expression because that comes up a lot and biblical text cutting your teeth or Mm -hmm. the sound of your teeth hitting the ground the sound of it the sound of your teeth breaking that's a huge thing I can't I'm still trying to completely figure that out um it's brought up a lot and I will cartoons a lot once I do I'll let you it's in cartoons a lot because it's a huge deal your teeth but what your teeth are a a direct representation of your heart so if you have bad teeth you probably they got they correlate your teeth and your heart um but anyway um so that's an important thing but another thing a sense that we're developing is our sense of smell and our sense of sight you know they're missing their senses apparently and someone's cracked their teeth. Their teeth are cracked, which we'll figure out what that means. I don't know what it means yet, but <laughs> I, I think it's something about the sound of your teeth when they hit the ground. Okay, it's weird. Um, I know. <laughs> I know. It, Leave we, it to we, me. No, you're good. You're good. We've just been on a tangent for a while. <laughs> Uh, I wanted oh. you to get back to your uh, Canis Venetici. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, um, this is all great, though. I'm, I'm having a great time. Uh, I'm just, you know, trying to keep too. it rolling. I'm, I'm hosting, so I'm trying to keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. Okay. <laughs> okay, we're rolling. Okay, so um, uh, the NGC, the, the non got globular cluster uh 5272 and uh messier object 3 which is a deep space object well known object but uh recently rendered uh specially noticeable by bailey's discovery in 1895 on uh photographs taken by harvard astronomers uh, in Arequipa, Peru, of no less than 96 variable stars within its boundaries. Nearly 10% of the whole number in the cluster distinctly photographed. That's really weird in 1895. But anyway, the usual por- proportion of variables among the naked eye stars is not quite 1%. The stars near the center run together. It cannot be counted. But the total of the numbers of the the total of the number in the cluster is probably many thousands. That's freaking incredible. Um, so that is on the line. So that's on. It's like a from um Corcorali to Arcturus, and and then uh in somewhat near the latter in a triangle of small stars. Is where that cluster lies. Okay. So it reminds me of like a highway. Right. <laughs> yeah, you know, like a street. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like a, because w- what I've begun to realize throughout studying this area, especially Bootis and um, the Chariot, Arcturus, uh, the Bears, is that these are portals to, um, I wouldn't say, these are either access ways, portal ways, or the closest that we can get 
I, I, there's something about like you have to pass through these areas to yeah. just to go to. Spend. You have to like, go. You have to be on that arc. You have to go through the river sticks in order to get out of hell to get to heaven. Right. Sure. Right. You know. Yeah. So uh, I can, I, no, I you can, don't like I that can, one. Can, you don't like it. It's so true, though. <laughs> well, I think, uh, I, Dan, you and I, after our conversation, man, we came up with a, a really fascinating idea here. But I, uh, one detail, that non-globular cluster, uh, 5272, yeah. uh, this comports very strongly with the description of the Adama- uh, adamantine gate. That, so I was uh, going to bring that up, too. Yes. Yeah. So um, we... So when when the fallen one is in heaven, his name is Lucifer. But yep. after the fall, when he's down in in uh, in hell, his name changes, and down there he's Satan. Mm-hmm. So he so he has these two separate names depending on the realm that he's in. But when he gets to this adamantine gate, he interfaces with a ve- two very interesting characters. One is uh, the echidna. The she viper, the she drake, and she is uh, a maiden on her top half, a beautiful woman, and her legs are serpentine or yep. a, an aquatic monster. Yeah, like I, a nymph. Yes, and I see this as her top half is Virgo, and her bottom half is Pisces. In that uh, 180 degrees, she spans across the whole zodiac. She's got the legs of the water and the the top of a maiden. And uh, she has these uh, dogs, a small team of dogs that keep uh, circling around her legs, around her dress or her garment. And then they they periodically like come out of her and then they fade into her. In, mm-hmm. in the language that Milton uses is really nebulous <laughs> as to the nature of how they are entering into her gown and her garments and then coming out again. Oh, my God. And then she is accompanied by. So she's on she's on the uh, the infernal side of the gateway. She's on the side that Satan is on when he approaches She's with him in his realm, but there yes. is a but there's a spirit on the other side of the gateway that he can see only through the gate. And that spirit, oh. that spirit is a cloud or a cluster of general oh. hazy darkness. Mm. And they describe these two characters. Uh, they say that um, I believe. I know that the cloud is death. I think it, maybe it's in my notes. It's a black Cadillac. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But I just love, I'm thinking that this uh, this nebula that we're talking about is probably that cloudy, nebulous character. I'm going to dig out my notes so I can be um, a little more I think more of specific. like Magellan clouds, like uh, black clouds when you say that. Right, right. It's uh their their magnetic uh Magellan clouds. But then I started getting into Enoch and um 
it could be the Merkaba too. Mm. That you know, because it is yeah, the astral similar. ship. The astral ship. Yeah, your the Merkaba. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I so I'm kind of torn on like obviously I'm human, I could change my mind, but it reminds me of both of those things. Either they're Magellan clouds, um, or it's like that Merkaba ship mentioned in Enoch, or they could be the same thing. Or Magellan could have hijacked the Merkaba. We don't know what the hell's going on, <laughs> but they sound alike. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so anyway, uh, I had something on adamantine, but with in all of this stuff, I mean, I saw it and then closed it, but I will say that, um, this next one, uh, is truly, truly La Superba because that is the name of it. It is the last and final one. It's the third one. It's a shiny, brilliant red 5.5 magnitude. Um, so it was uh, named by Father Sechi from the superbly flashing brilliancy of his prismatic rays. It is the brightest of its class of stars with spectra of the fourth type which only about 120 are known out uh, of latitude, but seven or eight of these are visible to the naked eye. Uh, the variability in light is also suspected. Uh, it lies about seven degrees north and two and a half degrees west of Corcorali. A misty spot in this constellation can be seen with a low power three degrees southwest with Low power, three degrees southwest from Al Qaeda. Uh, with this is the spiral nebula of Lord Rossay, or the Whirlpool Nebula NGC five one nine four Messier Object fifty one. Our long established ideas, which have been recently somewhat modified by a photograph taken by Isaac Roberts after four hours exposure. It now appears to be uh, composed of a pair of curving arms issuing from opposite extremities of an oval center body. One of the arms uh, joining itself to a second nucleus, a new system in its process of formation. This book was written in the 1800s. Okay, so since then... We have acquired NGC 5194, NGC 5055, NGC 4736, NGC 4258. These are all in La Superba, which is a prismatic. Um, so uh, it's a superbly flashing prismatic. It's, it's a spectral classification. It's under the OBAFGKMC like classifications because it's the brightest of its class. It literally looks like a crystal palace, I would imagine. It won. It but, won Val um, Victorian. 
yes, the brightest of, of his class. class. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. That was very wholesome. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. Um. So, like, I just want to also like get into a little bit more about, you know, we like I said, we go over these these things that we don't really know what we're talking about. Like, I mean, we obviously do, but we we kind of skip over what what it is. Um, so uh, I just want to go over what a Messier object ap- actually is. So uh, it's a deep uh, it's a deep sky object that has star clusters nebula and galaxies in it um so um in these newfound um um glob- non-globular clusters slash messier objects we have m94 which is the cat's eye galaxy which is also called the crocodile eye galaxy uh 8.2 mag um cat's eye cat's eye cat's eye uh Hmm. so he was talking um, about the horror eye having an eye and a tooth crocodile tooth cat's eye and it also is facing (laughs) us that's the most interesting part it's not a it it could be a disc. Um, see, here's in in the formation of how they work. So they start out in like bars, and then they turn into discs, and that's how astron astro- astronomy is measured by like that the formation of the actual shape. Mm-hmm. So um, the cat's eye nebula is actually very interesting because it's looking at us it's like face on towards us so it's i just find that like one of the coolest things ever um and then also like uh how they uh, measure in these classes of like um the spectral classes i wanted to uh so they do it by temperature and they do it by um, uh, hot stars, cool stars, but they they do it by distinct features. Um, now, I just found this really amazing: is that M class stars, like messy, like the M ones, um, they contain titanium oxide. Okay, so titans. Um, well, yeah, but. Um, they are actually M-class dwarfs are dominated by titanium oxide molecules, and in the photosphere, the dissociation energy of um, six point nine. So, meaning if there are enough uh, motions in the radiation field surrounding the molecules that have the energy exceeding six point nine, they get broken down again. And go into its constituent atoms. So they go through the process of this. It it keeps repeating until it's clean. So I think that's freaking cool. Um, It's a trip. It's such a trip because we shouldn't be having metal. I, I don't know if we should be having metal in the sky. If it came from the sky. If we put it there. If it was there before us. If it put us here. 
I don't know. But the fact that it's titanium oxide, um, yeah. I found that very, very interesting. Uh, so helium is O-B-A, and then there's calcium also with... <clears throat> It doesn't start having metals in it until F, G, K, and M. Um, and it starts with um, iron, obviously, because iron is a metal. But uh, so when you go to, down to the M class dwarfs, that's when you actually get titanium. And I just think that that's freaking weird. Yeah. Um, and then so the titanium features are dominant. Dominant, dominant, dominant in all of the Messier M1 through M5. So, yeah. Whoa. Uh, so, titanium, titanium is number 22 on the periodic mm -hmm. table. Yes. Uh, pretty sacred number. That's also the last, you know, 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, which is get you to Teth. Or mm -hmm. uh, no, Tav, Tav, uh, which means feet. Oh, it does. Yeah, Tav means feet. It also relates to the tribe of Dan, mm -hmm. because in the in the progression of the Hebrews, the tribe of Dan took up the end of the line, and their job was to pick up anything, any evidence, or any artifacts that anybody had left behind. And return it to its uh, rightful owner, and they were kind of like the cleaners. Templars. Yeah, yeah, and they and they also were clearing out the tracks. Their job was to make it, uh, you know, to uh, leave. Uh, what do they call it? Leave no trace camping. No trace behind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no witnesses. Uh -huh. No tongues. Bring their tongues back. Uh, they were also tongues. the judges, so they were the law, so they were the ones on the outside of uh, the rules of everyone else that everybody else had to follow because they were the ones that got to judge uh, the other Israelites at the end. Right. Um. Yeah, I'm sitting so, here so looking through these constellations and galaxies that are in Canis Venetici, and there's a whale. There's one. more that I didn't there's even know. There's so but... fucking many. There's like but that's thirty crazy, of... right? It's an arm. So think about this. So I'll reread this. <clears throat> this was written in the 1800s, and there was only two. Uh, uh, wait, Mount Lemon. Is that what they called that? Go down. It's at the Mount Lemon oh, Sky Mount Center. Lemons. Oh, my That's God. I was like, oh. okay. I was just about to have a heart attack. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> um, I'm like, this is not real. <laughs> anyway, so when this book was written, there was only, um, it says a misty spot can be seen. Uh, this is the spiral nebula. Or the Whirlpool Nebula, NGC 5194, Messier 51. Um, it in, so that's where it started. So listen, it can be composed of a pair, so that means two, of curving arms 
issuing from opposite extremities of an oval center body. One of the arms joining itself to a second nucleus, a new system in process of formation. So since then, how many? I mean, there's the Clada. That's the two, the two arms. That's freaking nuts, right? Well, so they're holding just the heart like, and the crown. Well, I don't want to go through this gymnasium anymore. You know what I'm saying? Stop stealing my light and let me just freaking do what I'm supposed Stop. to do. Stop paying for the membership. I, I, my, I, we were sold. Okay. <laughs> I didn't pay for shit. <laughs> I don't even have the money for the gas to get here. Okay. <laughs> It came. It came with being much less the taxes. Membership. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I got something on that. Uh, the core Coroli, yeah, core Coroli, which means the you know the heart of Charles. Yep. The second, had, not the first. Right. Good point. Great point. Yep. And it is kind of because there was a fluctuation in its brightness in the time that that King Charles was, uh, you know, moving, moving around in the world, yes. um, reportedly. Now, uh, this is a, this is kind of a wild weave and it's hard because we're not doing visuals on this, but. Well, you can do visuals. Well. Just uh, do a good job describing. Yeah. What you're talking about. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah. Good luck so, with that. <laughs> so you, you guys have uh, you've heard of my territories project, right? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. So what I've done is I've laid out the zodiac in a, the most simple possible way. Um, you know, people who are really into astrology, uh, it's kind of this. I don't want to get lost in the sauce too much, but. Okay. When you look up at the sky and you point one hand to the east and one hand to the west and you think of your head pointing to the north and your feet are more south, mm -hmm. well, as soon as you take the map, let's say you're taking a snapshot of the sky and now you're going to put it on your desk and look down on the ground and put that image down on the ground. Well, the east and the west are still the same, right? Yeah. But the north and the south have flipped. Flip. <gasps> And this is a very important thing about being uh, communicating the nature of the heavens. Almost any time you take a picture of what's above you and you superimpose it to the ground, one of the of the X or the Y axis, one of them is going to be inverted. Always. Have, okay, so on lunar, yeah, lunar eclipses, solar eclipses, uh, like when you can see like little uh, crescent moons on the ground, on every shadow of everything. If there's an eclipse, oh. you look and you can like see it. <clears throat> Has a double shadow. Yeah. So it looks like a, a literal crescent moon. Everything does on the ground. Every oh, shadow. That is cool. I will that's, send you a picture actually because I have one. That's I have one from 17 or 16. That is, that's really sacred to know. Well, it, yeah, right? yeah. So, so in a very similar way, like a lot of astrologers have a, when they do, 
when they do the, you know, the signs in the heavens, they use a certain system where their planets rotate a certain direction and uh, their equinox is on a certain X and Y. Well, mine is a little different from theirs. I'm I'm doing mine in a very mundane way. So, uh, and and that's kind of what's cool about this practice is you learn how to see through another person's lens. You know, you're like, oh, they use the zodiac like this, and that's not how I do yes. it. but but it still makes sense. But it, we you... end up at the same spot because it's right. math. Yep, yep. So with my territories map, I've used the 37 degree uh, uh, parallel which is the Mason Dixon line and whoop, it's a, and it's a sacred it's a sacred uh uh parallel because it cuts through the strait of Gibraltar uh oh my it's, god it it's also uh which is the uh gosh I'm I don't want to get too off track but that's also the Hebrew altar I the, know the Hebrew altar is <laughs> Hebrew altar because G's become H's well, and then you think about the Amazoni or Amazoni or like how Amagazi, uh, that's what it, that, that Strait of Gibraltar has been changed. The name oh, has even been changed. Interesting. Interesting. Well, and so that be, about, yeah. So that line, that 37 degree markation, that becomes my equinox line. Okay. And, and so I place the spring equinox in the uh, West, in basically in California, the Golden Gate Bridge, 37 degree parallel. So the Golden Gate Bridge is the spring equinox on my territory's map of the United States. And then the fall equinox is, we're going out of Virgo, well, that's Virginia, and you drop down and you land in the scales. Well, that's North and South Carolinas. Oh, my God. And there's north or south. The scales are up or down, right? They're tipping yes. the scales. So that's the north and South Carolina is um, is in Libra. And something really fascinating happens uh, with the research that I've done on this uh, this great diamond, which, again, the great <laughs> diamond is uh, Canis Venetici, Arcturus, <clears throat> yeah. Spica of Virgo, and the nose of the lion, which I found it. But I lost it again. Let me see. It's Dinebola. Dinebola. Dinebola, which is kind of like Dan Ebola. If yeah. it's on that if it's on that lion, right? So those are the four corners of this great diamond in the sky. And when I look at it on the territories map, Washington, DC mm. is the diamond. Oh my God. Washington, D.C. is a 10 by 10 square segment. The, the, the sacred alchemical uh, uh, formula for a diamond is C. Its hardness is a 10. It's yes. measured. It's the hardest of hardnesses. It is. So, so we have diamond is D. It's alchemical measurement is a C, and it's a 10 on the hardness scale. Oh. Washington, D.C. is oh a 10 God. by 10 magical square. Oh, my God. And Delaware Harbor, the Delaware, is the shape of ovaries. 
It is the sacred shape of of ovaries. And they they block up the, that Delaware Harbor every month, and they bet all of the toxicity and the runoff gets backed up at that dam, and then they let it go like a like a monthly cycle, like a woman's like a woman's ov- uh, ovulation cycle. And I think that they uh, they planned their legislation around the ovulation of this sacred ovaries. I was not Delaware of that. (laughs) (laughs) You're so wholesome tonight. I love it. (laughs) You're you're not crazy. First of all, I would just like for you to know this because (laughs) it even, I mean, I said even. It's Eve in talks about this in the bible i mean i mean it it talks about it in every when i tell you every text that is spiritual or um even i love to read um uh what are they called uh i just lost my mind uh text like apocryphal Oh, well, of course, apocryphal, but I'm talking about like uh, that trying to make you believe something. Um, oh, my God. What? I, anyway, uh, propaganda. How did I forget oh, that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Propaganda. I love that's like one of my favorite things to do is reading propaganda. I <laughs> love reading propaganda. Uh, Hamilton is one of Sounds my Sounds like you like movies. being in the gym then. No, I like I like to see. <laughs> I like to see through muddy water. I don't really, I don't know. You said you hate the gym, but it sounds like you get along pretty good in the gym. I do yeah. get along pretty good in the gym. But Propaganda fuck, all over the walls. I, was, I didn't even know I was in a gym. Okay. I just like woke up with like a freaking weights on my arms and shoulders and feet and legs and I was underwater. Okay. I had you no made, clue. made for it. Yeah. So I, I will especially read Russian text and like um, Ayn Rand, even though people think that she's propagandist. I, I, I love her books, but anyway, um, uh, what I'm saying, what I'm getting at is you're, that is, that is where that is femininity. That is Eve. That is water. Eve is spirit, water, spirit, that's spirit. So what kind of spirit are they putting out right or right. taking in because the well will be poisoned and it also says that in every text you read like the spirit of the water will determine the nature of humanity just like um solar outbursts are a reflection of us so if we have solar flares, well, that according to Edgar Casey, uh, if we have, if there are solar flares happening, it's a reflection of how of a measurement of humanity and how we are behaving at that time. But the water is also going to be the same, right? Right. And I'm just saying that because when we were put here, inserted here, you know how it was the the split. Those were the splits, the air. Mm-hmm. And the water, the the bohemian and the leviathan. Mm-hmm. 
So mm-hmm. um, you're not crazy when you're saying this. I just wanted to to put that out there and let you know that. Okay. Well, I got a I got a couple anagrams to share with you that I think you'll like. Sweet. To kind of it'll it'll go right along with what you just shared with me. Uh, so propaganda is an anagram. It's got the word pagan in it, right? Pro pagan. Duh. Yep. You and switch it an around. Pro pagan yes. Dan. And you get <laughs> Papa Papa Dragon. Shut Papa the Dragon. Fuck. Papa Dragon. Is Papa the Dragon in the ass, son. <laughs> there, that wasn't that wasn't wholesome. <laughs> 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 and, um, it's, other... it's actually wholesome compared to some of the shit you say <laughs> so the other the other anagram in canis venatisi the, the dogon i think is what i think of when i think of dragon i just had to say that seriously dogs and dogs right. drag on their ass they right. sure do on that magic carpet. I'm like, you ain't getting on my magic carpet, right? Not <laughs> on my thousand one night. <laughs> so, so uh, Canis Venetici is that is an anagram is an anagram for Vatican science. Spit take. <laughs> Why'd you say that when I was taking a drink of my tea? Oh, is, is, what is uh but you you have to you end up misspelling science it's like well S-I- you're gonna have to because you can't you have to misspell it because you can't straight up lie you have to have a noble lie right is, isn't that nice. the is uh nice. isn't, isn't is that a, the way you do it is a three dog night when you can see canis venetici canis major and canis minor You know, I'm so glad you said that. Um, because that's an important. What's a three dog night? No, no. Yeah. Uh-uh. Yeah. No. I think. I think. No. Uh, I, I think I riddled this out because I was a little frustrated when I found out that, like, there's you know that there's Canis Major and Minor, and there's these two dogs here in the fall. The Canis Major and Minor are technically in Gemini, but they're in the spring generally. And then here we are, not in the fall, but we're at the end of the win- of the summer. We're about to enter the fall. So we're on the verge, and there's two dogs again. Um, and I was like, why? And, oh, and here's another thing. Cerberus is three-headed. Yes, because it's right. the third time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that's why. Oh, and it's, it's serious A. And see, it is nothing to do with Canis Venetici. If you're wanting to talk about the great diamond, that is that all goes together, basically. Yeah. But I think it's because the this story has worked three times. Interesting, interesting. That is, and when you do something three times, you sanctify it or you christen it or mm-hmm. like you whatever. It has to be done three times. That's, That's why that is why we're unfuckwithable because <laughs> we're sanctified. It's true. And I I, I'm not that. I'm not even trying to be any way about that, but so, that's why you don't see demons and shit. 
well, the the thing that the thing that really sells me on Canis Vinatisi being more of the you know because we're going into the, the dark time of the year, we're going into the fall, whereas the other two, Canis Major and Minor, are more going into the light, which in the springtime where the the sun is getting strength. Well, there's a there is another dog here in the fall, and it's Lupus. Mm. The only wolf. It's a solo lone wolf. Mm. And it's just it's just a few degrees <laughs> from Canis Vinatisi. It's uh, it's technically in Libra, but it's like there it's it's the uh they're all in there together in the fall time. How, how do you spell l- lupus? L-U-P-U-S. Uh, yep. Like the disease. Okay. okay. Yeah. Because they're and uh, it talks about uh, lepus. And I was just wondering if it's the same thing or, or or different. That's all. Well, no, that's so. It's great that you asked that because lepus is the bunny rabbit that is yes, up with Canis Major and Minor, right? And so the rabbit in the hat, right? So we with have a bat like and a six four impala. <laughs> Wait on you to take you off in that black Cadillac, <laughs> steal you, and bring you right back. Are we rhyming so, now? There's so- Are we busting? Yeah. <laughs> Got math flows. Yeah. We, uh... <laughs> so sorry, yeah, there's sorry. something really neat. It's almost like a cut and paste, right? Of like springtime. There's a a, a lepus and two dogs, and then in the end of summer. As we go into the fall, there's two dogs and a lupus being a wolf. Um, well, Dan and I, I think we I might have sussed out why this cut and paste seems to be uh, imprinted in the, in a particular pattern. And what kind of was throwing me is like, I always like the explanation of, oh, they're 180 degrees away from each other. So they balance out or, you know, I just need a reason. I For some reason, I love reasons. And I think Dan and I sussed it out where, like, even the word Arcturus is pointing at Taurus, the spring. And so if you were getting it on in the end of the summer, if you're getting it on in Virgo, nine months later, you're going to have your baby in the spring, right there between Taurus and Gemini. Mm-hmm. So it's the Leo. Of, Leo, yes, right? the arc of no, no, no. If you're if you're having a if you're making love in Virgo, nine months later you're gonna land basically in Taurus. Okay, yeah. Uh, and you okay. can in one easy one cheat on that one way to like kind of have a, a, a I guess a decoder ring is. This works if you just follow the elements. If you follow that Virgo is an earth element, you just you don't have to even count. You just go around the zodiac until you hit the second earth element in after that. So Virgo is an earth element. You go past Capricorn is the next earth element. The third earth element you get to is going to be Taurus. And you've got that's officially a nine-month cycle. And so uh, this is really cool because it means that uh, the babies were made in an elemental month 
that corresponds with the one that they're going to be born in nine months later. Mm. And they were twins. Oh, and there's the twin factor, right? Castor and Paula Deuces. Yes. <clears throat> Gemini. Uh, uh, yeah. But, and that goes with the three-tiered story. Hell so, yes, so this, this is what I'm saying. This goes with the three-tiered okay. story I've been trying to say we're, since Argo Navis. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. Cygnus is coming up pretty soon, yeah? Yeah, but it's still, I'm talking about Argo Navis, which is one we did way back when. Yeah, yeah, I know. But where Cygnus all is the gonna heroes. Be, Cygnus is going to be a fun one. Right. They're all fun. This is yes, fun. Yes, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> this is fun. And I'm talking about Sirius A, B, and, and C. Yes. It's also a three tiered story. Three dog nights. Searching for the golden fleece. Um, so I looked up what like a three dog night is. It's it just says a bitterly cold, bitterly cold night. Uh back in pre-central heating days on nights when a thick quilt wasn't available or didn't pro provide enough heat, rural dwellers might take a dog into bed to provide additional warmth. Chilly weather called for one dog, even colder for two. But it, when it was cold enough to freeze a brass monkey, you better make room for three dogs. I'm just saying brass that's monkey. kind of interesting considering what we're talking about and the dog association with that and the cold weather and taking three right. dogs in. It's uh, telling us that it's more of a fall going into the fall. Yeah. It seems almost so, like it's like a three dog night is corresponding to the constellations, though. You know what I mean? We are gonna we are gonna fall again. This is just like the three heads of Serbius. It's a three dog night. Mm -hmm. Sorry, go ahead, Ben. No, you're fine. Uh I'm just saying, like, every time, like, we fall again and get, like, re-hijacked, like, things get weird. We, we're we not going to look like this the next go-around. We're not going to see things the way that we see things. So we might. I know we've been talking a lot about kind of, like, Lucifer, uh, Milton's, uh, like, pandemonium and Paradise Lost and whatnot. And it seems to be an overall, like, kind of like a fall narrative happening here, right? Is that kind of what I'm getting, like, a sense of? Because it's interesting that I mentioned yes. the Kladah earlier and the two hands holding the heart with the crown on it. Because that's like falling in love because it's a wedding ring also in, in like, the Celtic women. They, they would use that for a wedding ring. And so, like, the idea of falling in love, too, uh, I think yeah. you could say is also something that's maybe evident here in this constellation. Uh, rather than just looking at the murky evil side of it, I just wanted to mm -hmm. maybe, say, maybe say there's a sunny side, too. Well, they are the hounds of love. You know oh, what are I mean? they? Uh, 
That's what they're also known as. Hounds uh-huh. of hell, hounds of love, because there's this, a, a love story happening. This is what it is. This is some type of escape. Like something has happened that was not supposed to happen. And it did. And somehow we've been able to go on living uh, in a way that we think is natural law, but it's not. You know what I mean? Because. Yeah. It's the color of law. Yeah. So it's just, that's how, that's, that's what it is right now. It's taken me a long time to wrap my brain around that. But so every time we're going to fall again, you need, like, that's just what's going to happen till we turn back to dust, which we go back to space, right? If if this whole, if this is true, if this whole Mithraic hitting the allotment of, you know, the whole going through all the shit if that's true then um you know you'll be measured by your dust and uh i don't want to be stuck in the fucking cash cluster <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i'd rather go through the gymnasium i don't know what the cat's eye cluster <laughs> is like but i know going through this is the gymnasium we're going through it right now. The Galgagol. The Galgagol. That's what it is. Don't say that with your mouth full. Or with any rocks in it. No, I know. And, uh, that's that's actually like what it's called. Yeah. That's what it's called. So when you hear that, that's what it's called. It's your uh it's the the beast Gag. the your gagagol circle reflex. of beasts. The Zodiac, it's you're going through the Zodiac. And, mm-hmm. you know, I don't even know if you have to go through. Like Hercules. Yeah, if you your 12 labors are 12 different lives or 12,000 lives or like because you do the, the 70 times 7 times. I don't fucking know. I don't know. Maybe so, you're born again what I do know, age. I just. Uh, no, uh, we were born at the end of an age. We're not going to see the age of Aquarius. That's not mathematically happening. I thought we are in the age of Aquarius. No, but then again, because of the stars and geomancy and people casting down division stones where they shouldn't have, and they knew they shouldn't have, and going into the sky and occupying the sky the stars have changed that's what we've learned over this small period of time we didn't have learned that in the bible i know you talk about this uh that i'm going to bring up a lot babe uh, at least to me and i was listening to uh the one-on-one podcast the other day and i don't know if this is the one that you were on uh gabe but uh, he was talking about uh, uh, it might have been Crowley or somebody, but there was a way that they could actually move the planets and change destiny by uh, whatever magic trick they were, you know, whatever this knowledge was that they had, they could actually move planets by by do- casting these spells. And that uh I was like, oh shit. Morgan talks about that all the time that these 
people are making planets move, which is changing uh, predestiny. Well, yeah, and stars. Yeah, they're stars making stars are move. Also, yeah. Like, not, I, like, the planetary bodies are odd for me, and something that I still am not very comfortable even like acting like I have my brain wrapped around because that's a different walk. Uh, just even the, 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 the different constellations, uh, wherever there's a seat or like a throne or somewhere, I, I truly believe, and I believe this within my whole heart that aliens are there, but they are definitely us. And I truly believe that it's because these people have learned how to hack the hijack your spiritual system and uh, we are hitting the pavement for metallurgy. They are mining your mind. We're here to figure out the planet. Well, um, man, a couple things come to mind. Well, for one, that... um. I learned that Uranus was identified by math before we actually put a, our eyeballs on it. You know, they everything were like, has been. Yeah, that's how these uh, things get their names. Yes, and it's just kind of inter- interesting to me that it's that there was like a mathematical confirmation that led them to believe it existed. And then they were able to substantiate it empirically. Well, here's how they knew is because they stole this information. Uh, Uranus was Roman and um, they stole this information uh, from every place. But the last conquest was Egypt. And what they did was, and I'm not certain. See, this is another thing I'm unsure of. And um, you could tell me if I'm wrong, but the way that they use the Greek magical papyri is um, they would, it was a way to communicate with Egypt without being in Egypt. Mm. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So. That's that's kind of, yeah. Uh, so well, things got so when when okay so when they tell, got translated tell, back to tell us what the Greek magical papyri is. <sighs> so it is a long book of like uh, Hecate's like magic spells on really strange things that. Okay. Aren't going to work unless you know what you're doing. So don't go just look it up and then try to freaking cast spells <laughs> on people because that will come right back on you. Well, um, but it it it's kind of what has happened to us because when <laughs> the Egyptians were translating this back to us, so the Greek magical papyri is uh, papyri leaves, reads. Mm-hmm. They say that that's what the you know you papyrus. get read you know yeah. <laughs> papyri because they had to use several it's more than one right it's a sheet of like um, papyrus reeds that they would write on 
bat, they had some way that they did it, put in oil, their little ritual, blah, 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 put in the water. And then they pull it back out and it would have answers on it. Whoa. I'm not fucking kidding. Yeah, Um, that's that's pretty far out. It makes me wonder if the the information is kind of, uh, I mean, I, I don't like using the word quantum, but it's like, if the information is over here, an impossible mm-hmm. distance away, all they need to do is tap into the water to get the data out to That's extract the water. all because everything's happening all at once. Right. So before it makes I found me think this of out, crop circles. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Like that's. Oh my god. That's pretty trippy. Like, when did they really happen? And, like, how did they just show the fuck up out of nowhere? Nobody yeah. even cares that there's a massive computer chip right there. Like, <laughs> Right. With, with, like, incredible mathematically complicated. Yeah. Uh, like, you can't, but that are meant to be seen from the sky. Right. Right. Not, mm. not if you're standing in it. Not at our level. They're for somebody on another level, right? You're not even supposed to fucking know about it because it's in the middle of nowhere. You know yep. what I mean? And that oh my god. The forest from the trees. <laughs> Blessed is she. Anyway, so it is literally um so that it's not very known that they did that, but uh so when they talk about the Greek magical papyri um in like layman's terms or whatever they what they'll say is that it was a lame um uh and this could also be somewhat true it was a lame translation of uh because you it's east and west and you cannot combine what i just said earlier you i don't I don't think we'd like the outcome of having to do the mixture because it would mean a one world government. It would mean all these things that we don't want. But anyway, so they were combining East and West. So they could have gotten the translations just fucked up because they didn't know. But uh, that's what they're going to tell you about this Greek magical papyri. And so when they tried to copy it, the Greeks, this is how like, it didn't, it's not working right. You know, their little show that they're putting on, because we're still in Greek, we're Roman times still. You know what I mean? Like, we are still like in that. Because does anybody know what happened after the thir- the three stories of Troy? The three what? I don't. The three story Troy. Mm. <laughs> Just like the three-storied Argo Navis, just like the three-storied Sirius, just like the, the the Battle of Troy. I mean, like, I don't really know what happened afterwards. Right. Nobody can ever tell me. Um. So. Yeah, I have an idea of of that uh, that I have played out with, like the tribe of Dan type of. Uh, mythology i guess you could call it um i think helen of troy is a representation of nature and uh when uh, the the when they stole her that they're stealing nature from them 
they're stealing the goddess away. She was like the most beautiful thing. And we always talk about how nature or the world is so beautiful uh, in its essence. And that matters um, to these gods, beauty. Right, right. And so, like, I think that's what they were doing is they were taking the essence of the beauty of nature away from them and not allow, allowing them to be able to do those things anymore. They're, it was kind of like, uh, you know, they're trying to convert them over into their their system. And by stealing away their goddess that they worshipped, like Helen, Helen is just like Oster or Danu or Isis or Ishtar, Athena. Athena. They're taking that away. So it's like removing like that sacred feminine from what they believed. And without the Danu goddess, there's no Dan, right? Because that's what the whole belief system was, was the woman on the pedestal. Well, yeah, and so what it was happens like, at the temple it was like their down. biggest weakness to take their biggest weak uh that from them like we were talking about earlier with how uh you know these these operators were operating by taking what they love most from God uh instead of affecting God that's what they were doing to the tribe of Dan there taking away their most prized possession uh to to weaken them basically dang because they knew that that's the only way they could infiltrate the watchers yeah yeah that is freaking nuts that is a diabolical freaking plan right there and that is the law i'm telling y'all this shit is the longest game ever played you truly have to believe in this 100% to go and execute something like some of the horrors we've seen in the last 10 years. I think I think uh, Helen was a, a Trojan, though, and she was stolen uh, by yes. like the Spartan. by the Athenians or something. Uh, There's several stories about yeah, Helen Mycenaeans or, or whatnot. They're Archimedians get- or something too. Uh, so they stole, they took her uh, from where she was. And then, so it's kind of a bit backwards uh, from, from how I conveyed it, but it, it's a lot of nuance in that story. But uh, time did go backwards. Something has happened that we didn't we don't know what's happened where even we started at year zero like something traumatic has happened to us and um we can't it's like graham hancock says like we are a species with amnesia we truly are it is that traumatic that we don't even remember and and to like get into what the show's about which is the constellations which you don't become a constellation you don't get remembered as a constellation unless something traumatic happens to you in the first place you have to go through some type of trauma or death uh to be catastrophized to become a constellation in the first place so to me like the constellations are representing these different traumas to like be aware of this the constellation because 
because you're not the winner. Yeah. Okay, so oh, okay, I've got a lot to <laughs> throw in. Here. So, so I believe that the split of the brain, the left brain, right brain split, is part of our impediment. I believe also that uh, instilling the placenta to the mother, if she consumes the placenta, it will mend the wound. And the child will have, the I call it the full estate. The child will have the information of the elders, all of the immunities and the struggles that the, the, the family has gone through. Uh, the child will have the benefit of all the struggle and will not have to, will, will have the information required to deal with uh, the trauma when it comes up. And it won't feel new. It won't feel like, oh, this is the first time. This is unique to me. It'll be actually supported by the fact that many of the ancestors that was instilled through the mother's milk to the baby, that their uh, victory uh, or their loss will be something that the child can build upon. And they have yes. that much they have that much more completion of the DNA. And over time, if you transfer the uh, the, the the placenta to the child for many generations, you can have like really intact conversations with your ancestors, like what? very intact to the extent, to the extent that uh, it would scare us. Like if you had the ability right now, you would probably go crazy because it would be too sudden. But yeah. over, animals over seven, that. this is why the animals are still in the garden. We oh, are not, are. we are not in the garden. And so the, so the mother, who is the informant of the birth certificate, birth is an anagram for tribe. She, she, the parents, and, and this is no judgment. This is just a, a hard truth. The parents take on the tree of knowledge, of thinking about what is good and what is evil. That's moral relativism of a legal system, the color of law, the false light doctrine of color of law. And they, and they, inscripts the child into two-dimensional paperwork the tree of life wasn't even adam and eve didn't even know there was a tree of life it's not even mentioned until after they're cast out and god is like whoo it's a good thing we got them out of here because if they'd have got this tree of life over yeah. here it'd be <laughs> they over. got the other one they were yeah that's right so the, so we all took our parents took the tree of knowledge and we think we know a thing and we're all in this two-dimensional uh, uh, trap, mind trap. It's the placenta that is the tree of life. Yes. And the placenta goes for $40,000 a pop on the organs trades market. They do things with that stuff that we, we don't even know about, but there are things we do know about. And one of those things is they convert it into vaccinations. How much and did you say? 40000 what it is the most particularly what's in the umbilical cord whatever that amniotic uh substance in the umbilical cord it is of the highest value on some market that we are not aware of but the we're, black getting wind market. Of we're getting wind of it and i still more, have my daughter's umbilical cord i, I mean too. i know that's gross but no, like I, I still have it that's good that's sacred that's something that's the most sacred thing you could still have so, 
so th- this is the this is the split. This is you know the sagittal ridge, right? They call that yes. that is the sagittal plane of the of the skull. Well, the sagittal plane is literally Sagittarius, and I always draw my Sagittarian bow and I point it from uh, right there between Sag and Scorpio. I point it right across the plane over to Taurus mm-hmm. and Gemini. Mm-hmm. And that creates a, 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 I think of it as the axial tilt of the earth, but it creates yeah. a 180 degree relationship from Sag Scorp up to Taurus Gemini. And um, that Tubal. is all to, to the bowl. You got it. it um, th- that is also the location of the two lunar standstill nodes. There's the north node up there in Taurus, and the south node is down in Sagittarius. So that's where they transfer the waters. Right. Something really fascinating. Because it's in Scorpio, also the moon. Yes. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. So there's something else going on here. And now all of that is zodiacal. That's that, you know, we all know the sequence of the Zodiac. There, oh, I've up. been working. Yeah, go there, ahead. There's a lot of stuff going on here. Uh, yeah, yeah, buddy. One, one thing I was uh, thinking about here is uh, head binding. And why would mm-hmm. they, why would they need to head bind? Uh, if, if they knew their brain was going to get bigger, uh, they would probably start mm-hmm. head binding their babies when they're smaller. If if your sagittal that. suture is gonna be connecting your left and right brain, is will will that make your brain bigger? So were they trying to create room in the skull to compensate for uh, a bigger brain from doing so? Uh, because I applied this to like uh, mushrooms and mycelium. And how that like helps neuron pathways in your brain grow and actually like makes your brain more dense. And that would be why that they were head binding so that they could grow that brain that way. But this could also work for the same purpose as as that too. Right. Right. Here's my take. I think that okay, the the smashing or the the hitting on the head, um the slicing our brain into two two parts the two-dimensional the we got slapped on the head um for doing uh for like so i think that was like a a telltale between the demigods had probably still had elongated skulls and us just being inadept probably didn't so um you probably had people binding their skull because it's what they saw these pharaohs do. You know what I mean? Even along the line of like, um, imitation, like, yeah, Yeah. because that's what they saw happening. I mean, people do that shit. Now people dress up. I'm not even going to go there. Um, so that's why like people like in freaking, places that should not be binding their skull or know anything about it 
that's why they were doing it. They they saw that somewhere along the line and took it as, you know, something that they should be doing. Mm-hmm. But it was a cover up because then you had people wearing hats back in the day, even in the medieval period that were elongated and pointed and witches hats are pointed mm-hmm. because they were trying to hide in plain sight that they still had elongated skulls mm. because yeah. that's how you could tell because that's what happened to us the last time we fell when we made it with the freaking Anunnaki or whatever, <laughs> the watchers, um, but- we got split. Or we got hit on the head. Our brain got split. Well, yeah, that's what that's what that's what my reasoning behind uh, the 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 because you know they talk about the fae circles, the fairies, and the fae end up you know being like the druids and these adept people that had all this knowledge. And if they were you know in the fae circles eating mushrooms and getting this knowledge, then this would be uh, giving them head expansion, expanding their brains. And so they, yeah. so then this is why the kings and royalty and different people like that would have it because they'd be wanting to hide that that they had it. But if they also knew about the the placenta and how important that was, they could have just been eating that too, and that's why they had it. It didn't have to be oh, mushrooms. So you know what I'm saying. So it's interesting. I'm just saying it's interesting that. Gabe is bringing that up and 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 and, you know talking about it in that sense because i didn't even uh have a thought about that before so uh fascinating sorry uh tangent go keep no we love tangents and i'm so glad you went on one it's your turn (laughs) me we're always on one but i think if you live in outer space like or like somewhere where you get the uh pressure isn't you're not riding gravity out like we are um i think it will deform the way that you look and so therefore when people or things or daimones or gen or genie or whatever you want to say however you want to put this watchers isis things come down and mate with the daughters of men as mortals um that's why you have like people that look different in different areas because i don't think it all happened at the same time i think it's happened like it's you know set up like the stars where it's cyclical where it and it'll keep happening to indigenous people because that's the way that it's always been. And it's always a very like shiny, shiny being because they have no melanin. They're completely white because they live in the dark. Hmm. Okay. Tangent. No, that's, that's good. That's so, good. So, one thing that my research, and this is a visual kind of thing, but I think I can explain it fairly well. Uh, I've taken, kind of leaving the zodiac arrangement, I've taken the tarot cards, which all have a zodiacal place, the 22 major um, cards of the major arcana, and I've put them onto the Enneagram. 
And the Enneagram is, uh, we're said, we're told that it's a personality matrix and it works. It, uh, I've tested it. It works. It's a fascinating self-help, self-improvement uh, model. They even use it to like uh, organize uh, corporate structures. Yes. So yeah. So that people can kind of play to they the have meetings and that like you have to yeah. take one. Can, can I? Yeah. Can I pull a Gabe right now and say uh, an, ana an anagram of the Enneagram is Grammy? Right, right. <laughs> you know, <I'm> like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, so, uh, <laughs> so, 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 so it's a so Grammy yeah. award. Let's, let's get that Grammy, Gabe. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. So the. Enneagram has the um, Hierophant is card number five, and um, the Temperance card. I'm using the Art card because it's a Crowley deck, but the Hierophant and the Art card. Art card is number 14, and so it reduces to a five. Yes. And so, uh, very fascinating. These two opposite locations on the zodiac are brought together. When I uh, reduce their numerical value, I put them both in the station of a number five on the Enneagram. Mm -hmm. And that actually happens to all of the nine stations. These uh, The cards from their opposite positions on the Zodiac are brought together. And I found that this actually has a lot of names. Like, you know, Jung called it the uh, uh, enantiodromia, which means opposites running their course. And mm. somebody else calls it the uh, coincidencia repositorum, which is mm. the blending of opposites. Some people say heros gamos is like the alchemical wedding where you bring the mm -hmm. nine and the one come together. The two extremes meet in and uh, in, in that's where the magic happens. Where, when that's you bring what I was just about to say. It's magic. Yes, yes. That's why it's, it works for personality and corporate tests. Yes. Something is really fascinating. And I'm, I mean, I'm taking it to experimental levels. I don't think anybody's ever done you're this. Foraging, you're foraging your own path here. It's all right. <laughs> you just do yeah. it. Which is kind it of works. fun. It, it, yeah. And I don't have to follow. I'm making my own damn rules, you know? <laughs> well, hell, the, the rules have been made long before you were even thought of being born about the Enneagram. I mean, it works. Right. It's math. Right. Yes. We are so, living in so, math. So number five in the, in the personalities is an observer uh, is one way to describe them. There are a few ways to describe them. Um, but they're an observer and they have a shadow aspect of greed. And it's not, it's like uh, sometimes, and it can be greed in terms of like, they don't share their thoughts. They keep things pent up inside. They, they're holders of secrets, you know? Um, and I find that really fascinating. Um, but what I'm getting at is I've recently learned that uh, the mother of all of the fates, her name is really hard to say. It's like Mimnosine. Have you heard of Mimnosine? Mm -hmm. she, yeah, she's like the mother of the nine uh, of the nine muses. Yes. Yeah, that's it. The mother of the nine muses. Well, the Enneagram has nine stations, 
And I found the muses, nine muses, arranged in the symposium. And what's really interesting is that the muse in position number five, her name is Melipomene, she's the muse of tragedy. She's often depicted with the frowning mask, with the sad face mask. Drama. Drama, right? And in the fifth position, that gives her like this observer, this uh, holding it in, like the unresolved issues, like the mm-hmm. greediness is like holding in what is not resolved. Um, but recently I learned something that uh, through culture at one point, Mimnosine, who is the mother of all of the nine, she was replaced with this goddess of money. And oh, and Mimnosine, by the way, Mimnosine, sometimes she gives people this beverage that allows them to remember things. Ooh. It gives, uh, she'll either give you the drink of forgetfulness or yeah. she'll give you the drink that helps you to remember. Okay. And, and so there's something really fascinating going on with her being the mother of all of the nine muses. That's funny because really good writers, really good musicians, it seems to just come to them. Right. You know what I mean? Like really good dancers. Like if you're very, very skilled at these arts, it's it's like it's these people's zone. You know what I mean? Like they, you know what I mean? So that's cool. Right. And Mm -hmm. kind of going back on what we were saying about the trauma, you have to get some kind of trauma to make you look deeper. You couldn't have looked deeper if the trauma hadn't happened. You'd have been on that surface level thinking everything was Mm hunky-dory. And then you find a person who's been through a lot of trauma. You're like, damn, you're a deep motherfucker. You know what I mean? It's because it's because, you know, the for some people, uh, I think uh, I think it was in a wrinkle in time. She says that. The wound is the place that the light enters you. Yeah. And so uh, all of that is fascinating. And I and I just wanted to say that at some point culturally, they left Mimna sign behind. And they started to worship this uh, Monatea, who is a goddess of money and finance. Mm-hmm. And again, we're thinking about that five position with that shadow of greed. And it's almost like, oh, money helps people forget things. Uh, Mon- duh. Right. And it's Retail like. Retail therapy. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's even even, like, even insurance. Like you get in a car accident. Somebody gets like seriously injured. Oh, but it's no big deal because you paid your insurance. The insurance will take care of it and you could just move on with your life. But meanwhile, this person has all these bills, but it's okay. The insurance is going to take care of, and your con- your conscience is clean because you yeah. paid your insurance and you could just move on and not get oh hung up God. on the damages. And so, oh. so something really profound is going on with the idea that we've left the mother of the nine muses who can grant you forgetfulness or, or remembrance. And now we're on to this money thing. Uh, in that five position, and I just uh, I just thought that was really fascinating. Uh, and I wanted to put that in the position of that split of that cranial split of the sagittal ridge, and the mm-hmm. idea that like you know maybe our yeah maybe the fundamental flaw the miss you know uh, Lucifer he had a, a flawed gem in his crown. 
And he went through, he Humpty Dumpty went through a fall. He falls down, hits his head. And <laughs> yeah, Jack and Jill. Track, Jack uh, and Jill. Yes. Couldn't put Humpty back together again. They Jack tried fell to down it. and broke his crown. Right. And, oh. and here we are collecting all the stories, all of yes. them. And realizing that they are all correspondent to these heavenly dynamics to this ring, this ring of light around our head. And we're putting the pieces Hello. all back together again. Halo. Halo. <laughs> the halo. The halo of light. Halo. Yes. Halo. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. This has been great, guys. I do want to say one more thing. One more thing before I think you're going to try to get us off of here. But I do <laughs> want to say one more thing to get us ready. For uh, the Dogons, because a lot yes. of this has to do with the Dogons, the Diamondes have, it's all, it, like, everything is everything, and the, it all goes together beautifully in this wonderful story, uh, but um, I wanted to say that <clears throat> in this, like, uh, it's it's a way of, what they say is, like, it's, uh a lesson on trying again. That's why it's layered three to, because it's the fundamental flaw this time. Like we for the so next time, you know what I mean? When we have a series D, um, you know, maybe it will be, I don't know, but that's why it kind of ties in. Like I'll give you some serious D. <laughs> that was not very wholesome. <laughs> you know, like you keep saying, Seriously. like every time we gotta keep trying again. You know, dust yourself off and try again. Oh, <laughs> we're just yeah, song. Because we're we're made of dust, man. You know, from dust we <laughs> came and dust we shall return. But I guess you could dust again. yourself off try and again. keep trying. <laughs> Yeah, so. you know, um, so one thing maybe to summarize uh, from what I've learned is that there are two fools. Mm. There is a fool in the spring, and that is like the Rider Waite fool card. He's up on he's in the up on the heights. He's looking up to this golden sky. He's not even watching where he's going. He's got this little dog at his heels. Yes, he's just happy. He's like, right. ah, hell yeah. Let's go. And so he, I see him as the weight fool card. Yes. He is the Orion. He is in the spring. He is the, and he's got the Canis minor at his ankle. And he's, uh, he's on the rise. Uh, And innocence is bliss, you know? Ignorance. Ignorance is bliss. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's it. Is it though? (laughs) So the other fool card. No, it's not. the thing that I've discovered yes, is. is that the Thoth, the Thoth Crowley <laughs> Fool card, he he is not that springtime Orion constellation. He is Buotes. In in fact, the negative blank space next to his leg is exactly in the shape of the kite of Buotes. Oh my I, god! 
I have cut and paste the shape of the constellation and put it right on the card. It is a perfect fit. And so that fool card is literally going into the fall. Oh, it, it, that's why he's going to fall off the mountain. Right, right. And he's got, he's doing a, oh, and the legs of Buotes, they frame his Buot, his boot that he's wearing mm-hmm. is framed up perfectly with Buotes. So uh, I think that that, Italy. yeah, Italy, yeah. Um, and Buotes is the great void. Yes. And I, I think we got on this a little bit last time. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, how uh, the great void, you know, uh, to be inspired by the Greeks is to have a God, to have to be uh, embodied with a God. And so uh, I do believe that that, that fool card is, has the, also, uh, it is Buotes. Um and he's just at the cusp of going at the fall equinox. Well, kind of a cool thing about the fall equinox, it's exactly 100 days before the new year. And that's kind of neat. That, there's that is a, really neat. That it hits that perfect. That's your C. Uh, 100 degrees. Yeah. Yeah. Century. Yeah. Your century. Century. That's the C. And the C. Your turnaround tip. Yeah. <gasps> Yeah. equals diamond yeah yeah. Buddy. yeah and and they tell us that because we're in carbon like the 666 of yeah carbon. it's space though also carbon is space nice and life if you have carbon it's life and it six is the the atomical number for carbon but it also means space nice. just saying so uh, and- just to throw 666 Right. It's also it's not really as evil as you think it is. You it's know? also the tilt of the earth and I think the size of the sun. The tilt of the earth is uh the earth oh, tilted yeah. 23.4 degrees. Uh which with, leaves yeah, 60 uh 6.6 to create a 90 degree angle. Yeah. That's so cool. That is so because cool. somebody's figured out something some some group has That's figured out how the tilt is the fall. Exactly. It's the fall of, of mankind, but not for the daimones. <clears throat> well, I think that it affected it affected what we look at in the sky too, because we tilted uh to that okay. different degree. And so now we're we're missing some of the stars that we saw in the southern sky, and uh, other ones are more prominent in the northern sky. Uh, they say they there. What, what was the star before? Like Phaeton or something? Was the star before? Before it was the North Star. Oh, time. yeah, the the head of the Draco. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you and know. that. So there's your serpent. So the fall, the fall of the serpent, right from Phaeton to the new North Star. Uh, right, Polaris. Did you Polaris. say Phaeton? Isn't it Phaeton? Wasn't that the, the ton? Oh, Thuban. 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 Oh, okay. Thuban. That's it. Yeah. Good call. And you know, just a quick weave on that. Uh, the Greek tyrant named Dracon was said to, and this I think is a myth because it is so astronomical. It's great. 
he was said to be a real uh, dickhead about the law. If you would so much as steal a, a cabbage, you the punishment was death. He made everything punishable by death. And, oh yeah, and then and then he put signage on a very on a high post such that it could be read f- from all directions. And the signage was telling everybody that you're gonna we're gonna chop your head if you so much as think about taking this fruit. If you t- if you steal any forbidden fruit, you will surely die. Oh my God, Dracon is. <sighs> The origin story of the Garden of Eden. Oh my God! The, the Draco constellation is the lizard of Yggdrasil. Yig Yig is the egg. That's the North Star. Drasil in reverse is lizard. The the lizard is going around the egg of the North Star. That is Dracon, uh, the Draconian law. Uh, protecting the fr- the forbidden fruit. All of these things are astronomical. They are. They truly are. This is amazing. This That's is awesome. amazing. This is a good weave. That's why they put the air p- the air pump right there. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <Or is> that- <laughs> we just spent two hours on Canis Venetici. We didn't even get to Can- even- Canis Major and Minor. But it's all right. I can save that serious D for later. Oh my God. We set this stage for it. Uh, the Dark Star. So it, it, let me just say, as a little teaser for the next episode. And, uh, and um, Gabe, I hope uh, you'll come back and join us too next week uh, for, for Canis Major and Minor. Uh, but At least it's serious. We're gonna be getting. <laughs> we're gonna be getting into the Dogon. Uh, we're gonna be getting into Anubis. We're gonna be getting into Wepawet, which uh, a lot of people probably have All never right. heard of before. I'm gonna get into some black dog folklore, and um, Ooh. yeah, some familiars. Man's best friend. Right, because that's what a familiar is. It's your best buddy. Uh, okay, now we're going through the wash again, huh? But backwards. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. After and you so, touch nature in the raw. <laughs> so, stick around for the next episode when we get into serious, or not serious, Canis Major and Canis Minor. But there's some serious things going on there. Um, of There's course. a lot of effort. You, when you mentioned lupus earlier, that uh, reminded me of Wepawet because Wepawet is like the Anubis. Uh, same thing, but he has a white head, a white dog's head, which is a wolf and not a dog head. And so that kind of made me go, oh, well, maybe then that isn't uh, Canis Major. Because oddly, they uh, ascribe anubis to canis minor so i was like well if they ascribe a god to that why wouldn't they canis major and their brothers uh and seemingly wet was before anubis and then in later oh, uh, 
centuries, you know, they started to combine the two into just one, and Anubis kind of prevailed through that. But uh, so it's really interesting that you brought up Lupus, the wolf, because this is more of like a white wolf headed deity. Uh, and he's the god of war. I don't know if that has anything to do with that star of Lupus. And it's also a white head. So is it like a white bright star uh, or a red star? I want to also in the next it's one. Red. I want to get into uh, dwarf stars uh, because there's different colored dwarfs. There's like a brown dwarf, white red dwarf, red dwarf. Um, I'm wondering if like, is there seven dwarf stars? Is there mm. is there a Snow White? Is there a Sleeping Beauty or Sleeping Beauty? Is that what it is? Sleeping Beauty. So Snow White. Snow White and the seven dwarfs. The moon. Yeah. And the seven dwarfs are the seven planets that follow the elliptic Uh, of the moon. See, there you go. Nice. Nailed it. Nailed it. Yeah. (laughs) Sleepy, dopey, bashful, happy, angry. And happy is the name of one of the gods, too, from this same star system we're going to talk about next week. Hoppy. Ah, sweet. Interesting. Is he a dwarf star? Yeah. You know, he probably ain't got no legs. <laughs> <laughs> and is his brother stubby? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, thanks, guys. This was a lot of fun. Uh, we went on a lot of many, many, many tangents, uh, but s- such is the river. Sometimes there's streams that go off the main main river and we deviated quite a few times but there's a lot of uh beautiful goodness in all of those deviations we got to stop in the ports and collect souvenirs from every place we went so don't feel like it was a bad trip at all it was a good trip yeah, everybody man. loves the argo navis okay that's just <laughs> all that's aboard it. thanks for having me guys this was this was a real good time i enjoyed yes we love having you bro yeah we love having you gabe it's always fun when you're around uh we because then we we get to like go off on crazy tangents because morgan and i will talk on the phone all the time and we talk about these things you know but it when you have like that third party, like changing your two like back and forth things, it really makes right. things come more like full circle instead of, you know, because it's that much more outside of, of what we've already been talking about. So it's great. Love it. Nice. Yeah. And, and plus, I always love post-production epiphanies. Yeah. You know, sometimes. Sometimes the things we say here, it's like, oh, that's interesting. And then it's a week later, like, oh, that's, that's so I- amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. I seriously can't wait. I for real can't. I just did want to mention real quick that uh, the daimones and the uh, is like super important to keep in mind when you're in uh, the lunar stations, like the lunar mansions because we're just going through the constellation we're not going through this the lunar mansions or stations or 
anything like that. We're just literally going through the constellations. But when we're talking about the diamondness or the diamond structure or uh, anything having to do with that, it's the it's way more complicated and it, and it involves way much it, we're just the circuit we're the electric part, the you know it involves so much more than what we are even going to mention so i just wanted to say like it do you, if anybody's like listening and wants to know about it just like do your own research cuz we could take hours on just that one topic so uh just wanted to clarify that up <laughs> yeah good point do not I mean, do this at home without the proper equipment <laughs> yeah right <laughs> and if you get scared <laughs> call somebody else and tell them about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah well thank you everybody for joining us for this almost serious conversation uh <laughs> <laughs> well, we're because, too happy to be serious we, okay? because we didn't. No, we didn't get to serious in this one, so it's almost serious. We're gonna get to, you know, never mind. True, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thanks, uh, thanks everybody for joining us. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, Gabe, uh, give your shout outs, uh, before we get going, oh, yeah. and uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, so yeah, my YouTube channel is uh, Slick Dissident, and it is a shared learning experience. I highly recommend. Nobody believe a word I say. Do your own research. <laughs> <laughs> prove me wrong. Prove me right. I dare you. Same um, goes for this show too. Don't believe anything we say. Do seriously. your own research. Right, right. <laughs> and, and then um, also, I get down on uh, Chance Garten's Interverse podcast. You can catch that one on Rockfin. Uh, the Weaving Spiders Webs on uh, Saturdays. And uh, I also get down with One on One. And don't forget, Rising from the Ashes. Yeah, buddy. We're going to be coming out. Morgan. Stuff. But anyways. What you got going on? I am on? at the Morgan B um, on Instagram. It's at T-H-E-M-O-R-R-I-G-A-N-B. Um, you can find me on Telegram. I'm literally all over the place. I uh, hop from group to group. So, yeah, that's my name on there too. And um, yeah, thanks for joining us, Gabe, and thanks for joining us, everyone else. Yeah, thank you all. And you can check me out at Danny Naki Dan on Instagram and Rising from the Ashes Telegram group. And if you have any questions or you want to hear us talk about something that, uh, you know, is outside the realm of the constellations, but pertains to the wheel, the zodiac, uh, or stars, or whatever else, uh, go ahead and send your questions to the Morgan B. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'll, I'll group chat them to Gabe. <laughs> uh, go send them somewhere we'll else. Go send them. <laughs> we, will no, get just... the, we will get the answer, I promise you. <laughs> Prove us wrong. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, thank you guys. Appreciate you. And uh, have a good night wherever you are. Love to you all. Big love, everyone. Mm-hmm.